Hello and welcome into the SoRare Data Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined today, not by Sean Newsham, who goes by PSU fans too, but by Quinny. Quinny hey. oh, pointed the wrong way. There we go. I always get those things, the mirror mixed up. But anyway, Quinny is joining us today, filling in for Sean, but we're going to have a pretty similar show. We are going to do a, a gallery review at the end. The manager whose gallery we're doing has already... Um, spoiled that we're doing his gallery if you follow him on twitter but if you don't then it'll be a nice surprise for us but it's going to be a little different than what we've done previously because that's kind of what we're aiming to do but quinny thank you very much for filling in for sean this week no it was um perfect circumstances because as some of you will know like i can't i wasn't able to stream at the beginning of the week i think i can now you know so i was looking for some comrades to bail me out you know since i wasn't able to stream this week so thanks very much and obviously sean couldn't make it as well so it was perfect Thanks Perfect timing. That's right. And uh, yeah, you were on with uh, Harry Trades yesterday. Yep. If anybody hasn't watched that one over on Harry's YouTube channel, I highly recommend it. Um, I highly recommend anything Harry does. So go over there. Yep. Uh, as Quinny likes to say, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Do the same thing to Quinny's channel, uh, Quinny3001 on YouTube. And do you post anything like elsewhere? I know you have like Instagram and all that stuff, but YouTube's the good stuff, right? Yeah. Like everything is like Quinny3001 everywhere. And like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to do Reddit a bit more. I've read it's quite fun, um, but I don't get it. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, um, so I, I get a wee bit more off of that than Instagram. Instagram just feels like an abyss of people, you know, yeah. like, you know, whereas Reddit, I feel. Anyway, yeah. 23001, if you're on social media, I'll be there somewhere. And if you engage with me, then I might use the app more. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say before we like jump in here on the Reddit thing, I think. I have this weird issue with Reddit where Reddit's like one of the older sites, like what they do, like it's been around a long time and I'm old and Reddit makes me feel old. Like I look at it and I try to read and I'm just like, I'm too old to like figure out how to read all of this. And so it's like flares um, and tags and there's so much, and stuff, and, you know, it's like so busy, but it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I'll give props to our friend Marco Lele, who does or who overlooked the so rare Reddit page for a while and was always very generous and sharing stuff there. And it was just like, thank you for doing that because I could never <laughs> figure out how to do all that stuff. But anyway, uh, today we were, uh, we're going to talk about timing the market, which is a topic that Quinny came up with, uh, I think yesterday or the day before when I was like, I don't know what to talk about this week. And then you gave this topic and all of a sudden I was like, I actually have a lot to say about this uh, for a number of reasons, including one that came from what may have been a mistake that I made recently, but hopefully turns into a wild success and it doesn't matter. But when you brought it up, like, is, was there something specific that happened or didn't happen that made you think like, this is what we should talk about? Uh, well, I thought it'd be a nice way of framing the whole Marseille gate. Uh, that we had from like January or whenever it was, because we were forecasting, I think it was February, so it was a while ago, you know. So with that play, and we did a follow-on video, which I haven't actually analysed in any scale at all how well we did on that one, and we're doing another one at some no, point. It's, it couldn't possibly be as controversial. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, <laughs> but the whole premise around that in terms of like trying to get a little window where you can get into a team where the fixtures look good doesn't matter what anyone says in hindsight now at this stage looking at those fixtures mm -hmm. Marseille conceded like six goals for the last million years it just looked like it was anyway 
you're looking for those little windows to time into so it's for something you can try and hold on to now so like i've been doing a lot more like league on content on my channel because i'm just not well versed in it with uh, mm -hmm. jeremy jeremy Magan, and i find that a really hard name to say for no reason <laughs> i think it's my my scottish but um would you cry? He's been saying to me over the last couple of weeks, especially, is it Marseille are like you know one of the best teams in France when they've got their stuff together? Yada yada. And we've been talking about the highs and the lows and everything in between. And I'm starting to see some green shoots there myself, and it kind of made me think like, obviously, the now there's a bit of a lull in the market. So then, when you're looking back over, like I'm doing the now, and maybe some of you guys at home are when the market makes changes, is you kind of look back and New Year's always a great time for everyone because we all have like lines in the sand in their head oh that was before i started this job or that was after new year you know whatever and um you then look at like okay well if you did want to get in marseille was that time probably the best and then and i'm not saying they're necessarily a great example but what it ties back into overall is you're then looking back at the decisions you've made because time in the market is kind of what we're all trying to do whether a yard an so5 player a market trader a collector whatever you're trying to do you're always trying to get the cheapest in and then the best out basically you know all the time um and if you don't look back and kind of like try and scale your decisions like okay well i did that on january because the fixtures look good and the prices looked relatively whatever i won two prizes in that time and their price from point a to point b did whatever but i could have still bought them say six weeks from then and because everyone was shitting on them maybe i could have bought them cheaper and still won those same two rewards because those same two rewards would have you know maybe they hadn't happened sure. yet that kind of thing so um the stage we're at now i think a lot of people are asking those questions all the time you guys get it i know you do like oh should i be buying champion cards now or what should i be doing with mls and what should i be doing with k-league and all about this step and what about that and it's the here and the now is what we all want to talk about in terms of like the cards that will get released tomorrow the cards that we win on monday and tuesday and whatever but when you're trying to time the market like this is the way i'm trying to look at it now it's like from this point onwards really is i'm trying to time into like november now so what i'm trying to do is like you know trying to get what what looks good now for like further on down the road so oh. because all of that is kind of knocking about that's why i thought that'd be a good subject for us to dive into or throw out yeah so i was basically along those lines what what got me about or what got me thinking about this in terms of timing the market is that if like, like you said, you, we all want to buy it, or, uh, buy at the bottom and sell at the top. And even if we're not all the way at the bottom or all the way at the top, you look at the price graphs, like on Sora data and you're just like, ah, man, I could have gotten like a little more. Like I know someone who does that, you know, they'll sell a card for, you know, 0.4 and six weeks later, it's like 0.43. And they're like, oh, I could have gotten that extra. I'm like, no, you, no, 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 you can't think of that. It's too far. Like you, you got your sale. Like that's it. But what happens now, like this time of year, so with this mid-April, is we've seen the prices of European cards go down because the season's kind of coming to an end. So theoretically, this is the time when we should be buying. Like prices are going down and you want to buy them when they're down. Yep. But you have to also remember that whatever you buy now, the utility is going to be nothing in six weeks, less than six weeks. And so... It's like, are you timing it that well if, if you're not getting any utility in the short term? You'll get utility in the very short term and then it's over. And the issue with this whole like timing the market, like, yes, you may have bought at the bottom, but you're not going to see the top for months. Yeah. And so this is the, like the whole back and forth. Like, 
do I just buy the cards that, you know, do I buy J League and K League and MLS now in Argentina and Brazil because those seasons are starting up? And you're obviously not buying at the bottom there because everybody wants those cards, although we've seen MLS dip a little bit. But it's almost like impo- if, if you look at timing the market as buying at the lowest and selling at the highest, you'll never have the optimal SO5 lineups because by the time that those guys are good, they may That's not even happens. be that good anymore. Like we, um, Andy and I were talking about it earlier this week, or I think it was earlier this week. I get such a blur. I do too many. I talk to too many people. Like buying U23 players now, you know, the prices are going down and you could be like, all right, you know, whoever it is, I'll, I always go back to Charles de Quetelaire, who like I didn't buy last summer. But like if you buy him this summer or now, because he's a little cheaper than he was three months ago. If he moves this summer, maybe, you know, you may have bought at the bottom, but you're you're not experiencing like the highest top because maybe he goes to Milan or Atalanta and he's just yeah, so not worth it anymore. So like, did you actually time it correct? Like, I don't know. I feel like we we too often use... Um, like we look at results to decide if we time the market well, and we the, the results are so the the outcomes are so grand on a lot of these players that at least the way that I play SO five, and I'm not saying it's right, but giving up the short term utility of using these cards isn't worth waiting the months and months where I'm like not playing, which means I'm not winning. But like, I may have bought a card cheap and I can sell it again in August. But like, I at least hope that I can win more over that time than just like waiting. And I had this idea, I'm just rambling right now, but I had this idea of buying the like injured U23 players right now. Because the two, and I- I know someone else, a very smart man with a a very similar train of thought right now. So I, uh, I have not- talked about this publicly because I was like, I'm going to buy these cards. (laughs) But I've gotten to the point where I I know I'm not going to end up buying them. That's when you know it's good content, guys. Whenever anyone (laughs) says, I wasn't going to tell you this, but now I've given up on it. So like, if you can make it happen. (laughs) I I think this is still, I think it's a good idea, but I don't know. But but, uh, it's basically, I I have to call it like the Jeremy Doku plan. Because I talked about this not publicly with Black months ago when Doku came back from his, his previous, previous injury. And his price goes from like, for a rare card, like half an ETH, like all the way to an ETH in, in like a week. Like he comes back, he had one good game where he scored like 60 or 65 without a decisive and everyone's like, Doku's back. And he got hurt like three games later, like he does. Yep. And so the price goes down, but like, and Doku's hurt right now. And you almost have the benefit of buying low now. And then by the time the summer comes, like, of course, he's going to be fit and whatever. Like, his price is going to be higher because his price is just so dependent on on playing. Like, it, it sounds like, you know, that's the case for everybody. But, like, Doku, the, re, the responses to Doku are so high when he does finally play. So the two guys I was going to buy were Doku and Cherky. Oh, I was gonna. Uh, that's why I was just getting on my screen there. <laughs> so, like, apex for that. <laughs> so, and and I don't think Turkey is supposed to be back before the end of the season, or if he does, he's no. yeah, Bye. next year. But like, 
they should be fit for the beginning of next year. So like, if you want to just sit on an ETH worth of card of two cards, I don't even know if you can get them for an ETH now, but when I was doing it, it was about an ETH, for, you know, it was half an ETH for both for each, excuse me. Um, I think you can double your money, but I'm also not sure that's the, like the best use of my fund. Well, I've decided it's not the best use of my funds because I've gone and like wasted it on an Osmar super rare for a while. But there's those those types of players are the ones that I think you have the biggest uh, upside on just trading injuries. And Genesis is in here. So like I said, Cherokee and Genesis pops up in the chat. So but like those those two, and I'm sure there are plenty of others, but like those two, I feel like have some of the biggest hype within like the so rare community yep. that when they dip and they're dipping now because they're not playing when they come back, prices just go way up because everyone's like, Oh, they're back. Let me go get one. And there you are with your profit, but I have no more ETH now, so I can't do it. <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, Dan F as well in the comments is telling us Pedri today is 30 to 40% on a haircut, which isn't too shabby at all. I was actually thinking, you know, when Pedri came back, I think we we're all done. That. I was like, Oh crap, I should have bought a Pedri. Like and and, and fatty, how cheap was Fatty yeah, for a while, man? So cheap. And it was like, oh, why didn't I get one? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, you just need to keep your finger on the pulse for those ones because they go cheap on the quiet, you know, because you don't, no one goes and broadcasts it, you know, because no one's interested in them because that price comes at a price, you know, like, and again, yeah. part of the reason I threw this subject into our chat is because I was listening obviously to you in black on uh, Wednesday morning. It must have been. And when you were talking about, you were talking about Osmar in a similar vein, and it's like, you've kind of paid, you know, that's, <clears throat> you're kind of paying the price for how cheap he is. You know, you've got to take, it's like taking the lumps, you know, I'm getting them at this fantastic price now because they're going to go off for a month and because of this, and because of that, season's about to end, they're injured. And a lot of people sometimes like don't really, you, you kind of need those lumps, you need those battle scars to then go into that kind of trade again. Because the first time you do a trade like that, where you're like, oh my God, I can get Cherokee for X amount. And then you buy them, and then three game weeks go by, and you start looking at them really closely, and you're like, "I've not used you for the last three weeks, and I'm probably not going to be using you for the next fucking thirty, You know, yeah. so <laughs> this is yeah. going to be this is going to be a long relationship, we man. We better get on, you know. And then, so I think you have to understand as well. And sometimes, you know, injuries is a good one. Losing your twenty three status is a good one, but you need what what's a really good way to try and time. I uh, sorry. What's a good way to try and time a market? You know, a singular strand of the market mm -hmm. is like focus on on that. So previously, like a year ago or whatever, I bought a Jordan Larson super rare who went, in my opinion, really cheap at the time because everyone was talking about how oh he loses U twenty three in five months. Yeah, and I was like, you know, well, five months is fine for me. You know, <laughs> and then what I'm left with after that is an O twenty three super rare that I will have leveled up to a guy I like anyway. Blah blah blah. And I can use an O23 super rare striker. That's still not a bad thing to have. Um, and, you know, sometimes those guys that everyone's talking about, oh, he loses you 23 in six months from now, or oh, he loses you 23 in eight months, as if it's, I know we're not quite at that stage now because it's April and June's coming up, you know, but yeah. that chat happens in advance. It always does because people start to forecast ahead and whatever. And that can be a, a great way to time a, a part of the market when you're in it the now, when it's like the, the thing in Europe is happening. And yeah, sure. There's guys you can go and get cheap there, but it's again, it's understanding what the lumps are. The lumps are you're only going to get like six game weeks and then nothing for like two months, like calendar. <laughs> right, yeah. Not game weeks, calendar yeah, months. I, and then... I did that with um, Justin Bijelot. 
I traded, I basically sold him and bought Vandevort like, I think it was in December. Cause I was like, oh, he's losing U23 as if December was July. And <laughs> I think he ripped like five or six straight eighties. It, it, it felt like he ripped a hundred straight eighties, Bijlow and Vandevort couldn't get a clean sheet to save his life. And I was just like, I made a terrible mistake. Yeah. It was like too short-sighted. feels fine now, but obviously the, that's like a results thing making me feel better about maybe a poor process. But yeah, I think, um, so Tecker's brought up in chat. He was like, the counterpoint is like what you could be doing with the ETH that you're locking up. Unless yeah. you have teams that are continu continually challenging for top rewards, is this the best approach? I actually don't think you need to compete for top rewards. Like obviously those help. But yeah. enough like tier threes over the course of three months. And and I'm looking at three months and it's probably longer. Like if you bought Cherky or somebody in chat brought up uh, Florian Verts, like when he got hurt, everybody got out. And it's like, if you bought those guys, I mean, Verts could be a year for all we know, you know, like it's a yeah. long time. But I don't think you need to compete for top rewards if you don't buy those cards like enough tier threes you get a tier two if you sell those like those are going to be equal to what you pay ideally um what you paid for any of those cards and are having to wait you know eight months a year whatever it is to get to realize the profit on that and i think the other thing that people don't necessarily consider is what happens when you buy that card low with the intention of selling it but then they come back and you're like, maybe I'll just play it. And it's like, well, that's fine. But you've also now wasted the whole time of- You've got to stick to a plan. Right. You know. <laughs> right. That's, it. That, that's the key thing. Like my, I've got a big pal that I reference quite a lot, but he's forever saying to me, like, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Like I've got this kind of running joke with him, right? I'll kind of share it with you because it's very childish, right? But to wind him up, he's like, he, you know, I, I know, I think you're educated in finance and all that kind of stuff, right? So he's like, Kind of like an Andy Laird, right? For most he's out there, but imagine him like even more. Like, I don't, obviously, I don't do that personally, but he's like super OCD and everything's like exact. And jokes can only be jokes, and some things can't be jokes, if that makes any sense, right? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I always talk to him about what I call, and I think maybe some guys I chat with maybe know this as well, but I always say to him, Oh, it's Eve Wednesday this week. <laughs> he's like, It's Eve Wednesday. And it's like, I don't know why, but I always feel this is childish and made up, not financial advice, do your own research and all that. But I always feel when Eve's in like a, what's a good one? A bull market, isn't it? Yeah. It's in a bull market. The best day of the week will be a Wednesday. If you know what I mean. <laughs> There's no science behind it. He's just <laughs> anecdotally between us and chat and all that. But I always sure. say it, even when it's in the, in the bad one as well. I'll be like, oh, it's Eve Wednesday a day. You know, it's went up from down, you know, it's went up a wee tiny bit, you know. Eve Wednesday, told you. you know, like, <laughs> I like um, it. So, uh, but what he always says to me is like, it's got to, you know, sometimes I'll say to him, I'm going to do this like once a week or twice a month for whatever it is. And it doesn't matter. It, we're talking about financial stuff. One thing he'll never criticize me for is a plan. But he'll always criticize me on not following through on it. He'll go, well, it's Eve Wednesday, Quinny. You know, why haven't you done this or done that? You know, you said you would do it, you know, like, and it's that follow through on plans. And like te what Techers is talking about is opportunity cost, you know? So like if you're yeah. like super struggling to win prizes and you desperately need a goalkeeper, instead of getting a goalkeeper, you go and buy a tier two super rare, then that is ridiculously stupid. Like because <laughs> that is not going to help you. If you need a goalkeeper badly to get in the rewards or you need a you need something that's not something else, like an injured works. If you don't need an injured works right now, if you need a somebody who's fit and playing and can do this and can do that, then 
that the opportunity cost there is something you need to consider because you are icing that up for six mm-hmm. months a year. And uh, those are the it's kind of what I was saying in the first place. You know, like the very first time you do a trade like that, if you aren't prepared for that, you do learn a lot. You will go, wow, I actually need that kind of portion of ETH actually working for me in SO5 because without it, then I feel unsatisfied. You know, I can't just yeah. have a digital picture of Cherokee sitting there staring back at me and I, I'm not getting into the rewards, you know, because that's pointless, you know, the, unless like, and again, like it's opportunity cost. If you're maybe looking at it and going, well, I'm nowhere near competitive enough or the level of competition I want to get to. The only way I'm going to be able to afford a works is when he's injured. I'm never going to be able to afford works when he's fully yep. fit. And if that's the decision that you're making, that he's the man for me, you've got to understand that you're going to get him at a price that you can afford for a reason. And it will be, he's done his ACL or he's fallen out with the manager or something's happened or whatever. So when that opportunity comes, if it's the guy for you, you've got to just love him in sickness and in health and you know, get married. Anyway. <laughs> it's true. Like, I, I think, I think there's just this idea like it all depends how you start. If you start playing so rare with like, I'm going to make lineups so I can win rewards. It's really difficult to then start buying players. And obviously this is more for people who don't have like a huge budget that they can play around with. And I think most people on the platform don't have a ton of like extra ETH that they're just sitting on to like buy and trade while also trying to be as competitive as they can with SO5. So like you said, like this could be the time that you can finally afford these guys. But if you're used to submitting good lineups and all of a sudden like your ETH is tied up in something that like really can't be used, not really can't, like cannot be used. And obviously you can sell for a little bit, but like nobody buys, you know, if you, I don't even know what Verts goes for these days. Um, I think he's about 1.8, 1.5-ish. For the rare, right. For a rare, sorry, yeah. Right. The this floor is two seconds. I just need to turn a heater on, so I'm sitting here shivering. Two seconds. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So, so the Vert's floor right now is four ETH, which is um, pretty funny since the last one that sold was, um, let's see, one point nine. Days ago. <laughs> so, so Vert's one point nine a few days ago, and so like even if you bought one now at let's say two ETH, which seems really high for a player. I mean, he was almost at three and a half. He was at three and a half for a while. But before you do that, you have to recognize that like you're basically burning two ETH for, I mean, who knows how long. It could be yeah. until January for all we know. And exactly. you start putting it in your head like, well, he's young, so I'm going to have, you know, 15 years of utility and all that wonderful stuff that people talk about long term with so rare. But it makes, if you're not somebody who has like a huge budget, I like I have to believe that you can make more than an ETH in profit or two ETH over the next year. Yeah. And cause that's really how you have to think of it. It's like, just because he's cheaper now, if you consider like the highest he could go, is that enough of a profit for you not to, to use that money right now? And yeah, Daniel Cooper said, I'd be buying Carlos Hill. Like, great. That's exactly what, yep. that's what I would do if I had it because like, I prefer to play. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's uh, it's just, I think like you could, you could correctly time the market on any of these guys. Like, yes, I bought low on, 
on Doku and sold high on Doku. But like, if that's less than what you could have made playing or trading other cards of ones that are a little more liquid because players are fit and playing, I'm just not sure it's worth it. And those are things that I think a lot of people just ignore of like, what is your realistic outcome when you buy these guys, particularly like injured U23 so rare darlings, but even not that just guys who may be struggling or it's right now end of season. Like what is your realistic upside? And if, and if you look at it and you say, no, I can't make more than this, than what I think I can make on the car playing SO5, then like, great. It's also really boring, but like, yeah. I get I think- it. And so timing the market is just like, you could time the market correctly and still not like have the better ROI uh, outcome. Yeah, I don't do too many injury buys myself, truth be told. But like, I think again, in our kind of strand of the market, a lot of people are trying to weigh up in time. There now is like U twenty three goalkeepers that may get moves and may get situation changes and all that kind of stuff because there is such a wide plethora of them like aging out this year. And the yeah. midfield actually, I was in a chat this morning. Guys are talking about outfielders, like big hitters that are going by. Um, so it does feel anyway. So there's lots of so again like. I think like dwelling on the injury one, and again, this is mainly just for everyone watching, is like time in the market isn't just about injuries because injuries is like a is a very, as we're talking about, opportunity cost is potentially quite high on that. And you really need to understand like it's the guy for me or I wouldn't be able to get him otherwise or it just makes sense with the spare if I've got. It's not sacrificing anything on the pitch for me. But each of these, like it, it, the market's in so many like, it, it does operate on so many levels and in so many different like dimensions. It's not just injuries, but you've got like under 23 goalkeepers, you've got backup goalkeepers, you've got just general transfer speculation that this guy might go from a tough league to an easy league. And what it is with time in the market is understanding what actually... So whenever I try and do any of this stuff, I always try and build in what you were talking about and what we've been kind of mentioning already in terms of like getting as cheap an entry point as possible. And also you want to exit as high as you can. But I always try and like factor in a bit of yield into that so like for example a real pain in my backside now is a man called joseph martinez you might have heard of him um so i bought him for 1.2 ETH, right super rare when he was injured knowing and it was off season as well so it's like he's injured it's off season sounds like the bottom feels like the bottom and um when he does come back like and i was even thinking about what the ceiling would be to sell him for but what I thought was whatever the ceiling gets to, it's going to be because he wins me a butt ton of rewards, you know? So and I think you have to build in. So, and again, we kind of spoke about this, one of the other things we recorded recently, but like you need, a, I think it might have been the Marseille thing, in fact, but you need to, people need a reason to buy it off you as well. You know, when you're trying to forecast what a high point is, <clears throat> is just returning from injury enough, you know, because sometimes guys return from injury but they're not a first team player anymore or maybe they're not even that good a player anyway they're just like the right back for saint etienne (laughs) you know know, like oh he's back from injury you know but (laughs) who cares you know (laughs) um nobody knew he was gone (laughs) exactly so it's about uh, yeah i've I've kind of i've laughed myself off that one there i forgot oh yeah so um people need a reason to buy it back uh, sort of thing so they've got to have something going on with them so just looking at one singular strand, like, oh, it's a U23 keeper, or because again, if it's a U23 keeper, maybe he's like Schubert's been a bit of a pain in my bum as well this year, like, plays a bit, isn't out, isn't out. Um, but a guy like that, for example, is it's really annoying trying to get a U23 keeper in because it's like, oh, he gets the loan and you think it's about to pay off, and it's like, it kind of does and it kind of doesn't, and it kind of messes you back in terms of what you think the upside is on it. 
I kind of lost myself a little bit. Sorry, I'm rambling now. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to think what I started on. But well, yeah. <clears throat> that, what you said actually like made me think of something. So you're buying uh, Martinez at a low point. Yep. And I think what a lot of people also do, because you, you bought him to play him. Like you yep. were like, I'm going to throw him in and he's going to win me a lot. And I think what a lot of people think are like, he's going to be worth more later. So it'll cost me more later. So I'll just buy him now and he'll win me more. But I think people put too much thought into like, they, they complicate it by saying, I'm going to use this card, but he's also going to go up in value. And it's like the going up in value almost doesn't matter if you're going to like, if you want to use the card, like, obviously we want our cards to be more valuable later than they are now. And, but I think people put too much thought into that and almost make worse lineup decisions in terms of like, I'm going to buy this player for this lineup only because somebody's going to be more valuable. And like, just because they cost more doesn't mean they're going to help you win more. And like, we like to think that cost is so, uh, so closely related to performance. But like you said, like the, you could have a guy who comes back and performs like moderately well, but like just because he's back doesn't guarantee he's more expensive. And even if he is, maybe he's actually killing your lineups because he's not doing it. I mean, Martinez kind of started off really slowly this, this season, then got hurt again. But yep. like, even when he was fit, <laughs> even when he was fit, like he wasn't, he, he, we haven't seen vintage Joseph Martinez in a while. Nope. And um, I think people, people complicate like buying cards to make their lineups better with like, how much is this going to be worth later? And not that you shouldn't worry about that, but it almost makes it harder to then either use the card or sell the card. Cause you're like, Oh man, like I, I should sell this card now because maybe I need to buy something else. But you're like, but it, I haven't really gained enough from it or maybe I haven't gained it all, but like it, it, it just goes back to the point that you made of like, you should have a plan with whatever you're doing when, when you do it. Like if your plan is to play this card in your SO5s, then please focus on that. And then don't worry about like getting the absolute cheapest or when the price goes up, like getting the most absolute highest price. Because I think that's another thing that people do is like they, they see their cards are more, more valuable and they're like, Oh, I should sell this and they sell it. And now their lineups are worse and they don't have a replacement ready. And then it turns out like the replacement is actually the ideal replacement is the card you just sold. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. It goes back to what you said, like have a plan and like stick to the plan. Yeah. There's definitely some guys that are, again, Joseph Martinez gets injured. There's no point in me selling him for 0.8 or whatever he goes for now or whatever, because I'm not going to have another super rare, you know, he's, when he does come back and he is fit and he is available, you know, the utility that I foresee for him that will cause him to get to this big top that I might ever sell him for is, uh, is, is what I'm waiting for. And I don't, if there was somebody else that I thought could do that, I would have bought them in addition to, or instead of Joseph Martinez, because again, it's just kind of fitting him. So I think like <clears throat> a good example of that, a good example of like time in the market is like, as well as it can be like your conviction on something as well in terms of like a player so again like it's maybe the way i operate i know sean's normally here i think somebody said in the chat earlier i might have been black just like i'm an apsu in terms of i guess how i kind of carry myself in this kind of stuff in terms of like be patient and buy guys that go overdue 23 and whatever um 
but oh crap i've lost myself again <laughs> so sorry oh you brought up uh, that being sean oh <laughs> uh, yeah so oh yeah so oh, this is a little bit different right because like the platform is smaller and that was my edge in this situation was that the platform was smaller but as soon as i started to get any sort of success in my gallery and i was winning cards and Oh, I was getting close to podiums and I was market, making market trades. I was like, wow, I've got access to all this. Oh, what kind of cards can I go and get? What should I do? And da, da, da. The first thing I went for, like really hard, and anyone who watches my content will know this, was Leon Goretzka super rare, Hakimi super rare, Darwin Nunes super rare, and Lucas Nemeka super rare. I went and got, I didn't get the, the Goretzka, unfortunately. But that's, so just to put that into context, forget the players, right? Ashraf Hakimi super rare cost me, 0.799 Ethereum, right? Leon Goretzka, I would have won on auction at multiple stages for less than 1.5 Ethereum. I got the Nemeka for about one. I got Darwin Nunes for about one, right? That's me time in the market. If I'd got them all, of course, that'd have been even better because I know how good they are and how valuable that a super rare of that caliber mm. would be in SO5 for anyone. Like, they are elite top guys. So, Again, coming back in at time in the market, those guys are dead easy for me to pick out because I had a hard on for all of them when they were like in elite football. I wasn't following them when they were 16 on youth academies or whatever, you know? Like, But when you do find that guy and you're like, wow, this guy is an absolute baller, you know, like um, Trippin' B and you know, Julian Alvarez. And, you know, when you find a guy and you're like, this guy is actually going to go to the top, time in the market sometimes can just be being like super early on an actual uh, talent. You know, and that's where like your time. I, the, the reason this came into my head is we've got Warren Buffett in the live chat, Bleach Creek. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes it's just having that. It's that time in the market where it's like you are actually seeing what kind of players when they are in prime form or when they are like I, I need to catch the camera, sorry, but when they are prime players, they are champ Euro SR mids or you know starting goalkeepers or whatever. What the top of that looks like and the value of them to someone else. That time in the market gives you experience to look at somebody else, maybe who you're watching games of, who's in a team or whatever. And you're like, wow, he just plays just like that other guy who's five years older than him. And he's got a bit of talent. And oh, this scouting page rates him and this, that, and the other thing. I've watched him five times now. I really like this kid. I think he's really good. That's a, a great way of time in the market as well, which is very overlooked. I'll, I'll shout out Trippin B as well for telling me to buy uh, Venetia Souza at, one, at 0.13 for the rare. That worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's a Mechelen stacker, and so he watches their matches, and he's like, "This Souza kid's pretty good." And um, yeah, so thanks, Trip and B on that one. Uh, yeah, I think I think you you nailed that part. Um, it's just so I think the the lesson basically is like try to time the market all you want, but you're never going to be able to like buy the bottom and get immediate like SO5 help or but you it's know with that cost an unforeseen yeah. you know, uh, you know a non-monetary cost to these things you know mm -hmm. so especially but, for small galleries like, which is most of the viewers you know it's about really weighing that up and what is the real upside you know because again like the one thing i would say is like any of these time in the market situations it really does have to be a player like that you would love to get anyway in your time in the market their price is going down because of stuff that 
is immaterial. Yeah, it's the end of season. Every season ends. <laughs> Every season will finish at some point. Sure. You know, or they're over twenty three. Everyone gets older. You know, like it's just, you know, who cares? You know, there's still a purpose, and it's if, if the actual player is the one. That's the mark. It's you know, you're saying it's time in the market. What market you try to time? You know. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, I'll say I don't think there's ever a bad time to buy a U23 goalkeeper, except maybe this the last six months that they're U23. Um, but even so, like we kind of saw what happened with Bijelo when he got hurt. Everyone like dove out because like, oh, his U23 is over. But like, he should be an elite challenger goalkeeper next year. And yeah. obviously, the price of an elite challenger goalkeeper is very different than you know an elite U23 goalkeeper, but He's kind of an interesting one to watch uh, in terms of price-wise. And then made me think, have you ever sold a card thinking you were selling at the top with the idea that you would buy back later when he was cheaper? Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, I can't actually think. I've definitely done it with my rare Goretzka because I sold him to try and fund the Super Rare. I think enough, it's, I'll get him again. It won't be any problem. That was at 0. 0.37. <laughs> For a Goretzka, rare, you know what I mean? Like, it, I didn't get it. I've somehow got one. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So I've got a limited. It cost me 0.2. <laughs> you know, um, that's just, I, I've definitely done that. But because, yeah. And again, like, that strategy is like a, an old favorite one that I've, I've referenced on a few. Um, again, you'll know it because your education, like greater fool theory, you know, it's like, I can sell him the now. I know he's not really worth that much. You know, I know that in two weeks this will happen or, Something else will happen. I know better than the market than now. Not really. That's too big a price for him. I'll sell that and go get it later. But it's um, and again, like when we spoke before, like sometimes I give the market too much credit in that sense. I think I can't be. You know, I'm not that. You know, no one's that smart. The market's always the, the, always right, and I think it's always risky playing that game. Yeah, and it's definitely bit me in the bum. I don't think I've. Oh, I managed to do it once, but it was kind of weird. So it was one of these big accounts. Was it a bottle bar? It was a bottle of bar or one of those big Zima Blue. It was Zima Blue when they came on. They sent me a direct offer for Efren Alvarez Super Rare. And it was, I can't remember, right? Let's say it was 0 0.75. And I put it in the group chat and then Hendo messaged me back and he's like, there's one on the secondary for 0 0.6. And I was like, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Click two buttons. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much, Zima Blue. <laughs> I, I did that um, with, who was it? Brad Guzan. Nice. I bought one. When I, obviously, I joined the platform, not that early, but early enough. It was pre-boom. And so I just remember, like, the hardest thing for me was buying goalies. Like, I, I just wouldn't do it. And uh, my good friend, Ivaldo, who we talked about a bunch on Tuesday, was like you have to buy goalies like you're you, you basically can't play realistically without them buy as many cards as you want in other divisions but like unless you have a goalie you're not going to win and i remember i finally bought brad guzan because i was like he's cheap and everyone's like he's old like nobody wants him and i was like all right i'll take him because i know he's starting i can't like afford to get a guy who like might not start yeah and then the boom happened and his price like quadrupled and i was like i should sell like I bought it for basically nothing and I should sell it. And I remember, uh, so I was decided to sell it and I don't remember if it was a direct offer. I'm sure I could look it up at some point, but 
there was one on the market for cheaper than the offer that I got, like same exact situation. Yeah. So I was like, easy. I'll just sell for mine. It was like a 0.15 or 0.15 seems like a lot, but we didn't have that many decimals back then. But anyway, (laughs) so I made a profit, like I, I made it like a huge profit on my first card. And then I immediately bought the second one. And like three weeks later, his value was half because it was like, it was the lead up to MLS where his price goes up and MLS started and everyone goes down because everybody has their cards. There were no limited cards back then. And so now it's like, now I have this really expensive Guzan card and like, I shouldn't think of it that way, but I always did. Cause I was like <laughs> looking at the price that I paid. I'm like, why would I ever pay that? And I'm like, well, I really paid the previous price. Uh-huh. I should have, but like it actually, like, I don't do that anymore. Like if I want to sell a player, like if I think I can sell a player and there's like a cheaper one on the market and I'm like, oh, I can flip, you know, I can do it easily. I'm, I actually wait now because I'm like, if I don't necessarily need the player right away, let me see how the market plays out. And maybe I just buy somebody totally different. Yep. And like that, I should have done that. <laughs> like yeah. I should have just waited and bought somebody different. But I've spoken to so many people and it was like basically in the last two months who bought a bunch of MLS cards who basically timed the MLS market, bought them in October, November, December when they were cheaper. And they were like, I'm just going to sell whoever I'll sell my Joseph Martinez rare for an ETH and I'll just buy him back for 0.7 in six, you know, in three weeks and nobody ever buys back. (laughs) Like never. Cause you're, cause now it's like, now there's a reason why his price is going down. Like he's not as bad. Like before the season, Johnny Russell was the example of this. So Johnny Russell was the number one rated MLS player on so rare data, like the L15. He had the highest one in MLS last year. So leading up to the season, there are no games being played. So he, he cannot change from being the highest ranked. And people are like, do you think his price is still going to go up? And I'm like, as long as they're not playing, people are going to come in and be like, oh, who are the best MLS guys? Go to the rankings. Johnny Russell's number one. All right, well, let me buy that guy. Yep. As soon as they start playing, there's only one way for him to go, and it's down. And everyone I know that like sold, basically sold Russell at the top, nobody's bought him back. And you know, he's been fine. But like the the whole I'll just buy back later, just get that thought out of your mind because like in most instances, you shouldn't. And in most instances, people just don't because it's just not it's not the same anymore. It's a little bit of the moth to the light as well, but because once you get that ETH in your pocket, you're like, oh, there's a there's a wee Burns. injured, there's a wee injured Cherky, or there's a wee backup goalkeeper, or oh, you know, I didn't actually plan on having this extra ETH now. Oh, I should be good to myself. I've been working really hard, and you know, <laughs> this team needs a wee bit of fresh blood into it. You know, well, who could I get? And <laughs> I sold a bunch of cards in at the end of the year, and I had like a bigger ETH balance than I ever had. Lovely. It's fun, isn't it? It's, it's <laughs> fun. And it makes you start thinking of doing really stupid things. And so I remember, I think I was DMing with Black. And Neymar was hurt at the time. And the Neymar rare prices had been dipping. And I finally like had enough ETH to like buy a Neymar rare. And I was like, should I just buy a Neymar rare? He's not playing. I'm not, it, it wasn't cheap by any means. Like... <laughs> It was still two ETH or whatever it was. But I was like, he's going to go up when he comes back. Like, it just happens. 
And I was fi- I finally like convinced myself I shouldn't buy it because I like barely play ch- uh, Champion Europe, and I, and there's no way I could play Champion Europe if I blew all of my ETH on one card of a guy that wasn't going to play for another few weeks. So I didn't. I ended up buying the limited. That made me feel better about it. But like that that was like a big point for me in that I had an opportunity and I don't want to call it like a guaranteed profit, but like I knew Neymar was going to be more expensive. I wonder if I can, I should just like pull it up here. I would have done the exact same thing as you. I guess, see, see, to be honest, I've said this before, not too often, of course, but see when you're playing about with all that, it's, it's scary, man. You know what I mean? See, sometimes you're like, man, am I going to spend like five grand on Neymar? Like, you know, like, and it's, it's sobering sometimes, you know, when some of the uh, the volumes we're talking about here. I actually find a lot of like any good trades I do is because whenever I do have like a wedge of money sitting there, it's like I feel extra pressure to be like responsible, like for my own sake, you know, like, yeah. you know, that is a wad of money. You know, <laughs> like there's no getting away from it. Um, and once you spend it, like I say, it's not a boomerang. It doesn't come back to you. You know, it's spent. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd have probably done the same as you. But then when you look in hindsight, you always kick yourself like, oh, I knew it, you know, and it's... Yeah, yeah I mean, just looking at this graph. So it was, it was somewhere, it was like mid-December. So this was uh, Christmas Eve. Neymar went for two ETH. So it was around here. Nice. Um, and I was just like, I think, I think he'll be higher later. But like, and he was supposed to be out for like a few more weeks. And like, you can see like this, that's probably now, oh, that's the, oh, that's, yeah. I love these cards, these... uh. They're nice ones, eh? Sunrise, is that what they call them? Yeah. But, like, basically, he was at, like, 2.8. And it's, like, you could have made 0.8 ETH in, like, a month. Two months, maybe. And, but the other side of me was, like, I, my SO5 lineups need to be improved. And so, spending two ETH on something to hold for two months, I just, like, wasn't willing to do. And based on my lineups, I probably should have done it, to be honest. But <laughs> but I obviously didn't know that back then. But um, again, Neymar doesn't need to be a champ Euro card player, you know, what that tell you? All-star, yeah. all-star, baby. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> want, yeah. It was just, uh, I don't know. I just, there, it just wasn't worth it for me. And um, yeah. again, that's a super expensive card, you know, so that needs right. to make like a real credible instant difference because of the, the, the volume of money we're talking about for a rare and again like it, it's all on, on economies of scale even if you talk about limiteds because even a limited is much cheaper than a rare but if you're only a limited player that is you know it's equal in terms of sure. sizable other transaction it would mean to you you know um and uh yeah it, it needs to make a, an instant impact you know i think you'd probably feel then an, an instant impact from a card like him better probably in limited i suppose because you do need that caliber to be in the mixture there's no getting away from it you know whereas like in rare and super rare and that kind of stuff sometimes xp can swing things a captain choice or whatever whereas feels like more in limited especially at the very very top like that kind of thing is almost a requirement like kind of a little bit seen with legends like it was all three legend takers which i was very surprised about in actual fact you know i thought there would have been a few more pairs maybe get up there but all trebles yeah, it's on the story, but I just couldn't. <laughs> I no, 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 no. I would love to get rid of all my legends now. How many do you have? I have three. Like I played three in the competition, and oh, do you know? I was actually going to be sneaky. Actually, I think I've made. I've forgotten. But I was actually thinking. I was thinking to myself, should I maybe buy a super rare Berezi? 
No. So what I was thinking, right, is um, like it is crap for now. But again, it's the whole time in the market thing. Yeah, it was a wee bit expensive, half a coin, which isn't that bad. But maybe that's a wee bit. Uh, again, uh, this kind of time and stuff is always BB8. No, seen him buy anything in a while. Um, but it's like it's getting it's getting shot on the now. But it's just because it's like it, it's utility. It's not utility anyone really is jumping up and down for or whatever. But like, I don't know. Made me think. I wouldn't mind having a wee insurance policy just in case. You know, like because it felt like that pro one is more a division I would be more interested in because it was like yeah. signed shirts and whatever. Whereas like the limited one, which is cards, maybe there'll be rares in there and stuff over time. Who knows? Anyway, yada yada. But I thought anything that I might be interested in that they might do in that legends is undoubtedly going to require rares and super rares. I think. So when that came out, I thought, mm, you know, market's a bit sour on Legends. It's Berese. It's not exactly like, you know, like a big hitter necessarily in terms of yeah. name and profile to the everyday man. Uh, I didn't do it in the end, but anyway. What got me, so the, the top of the le- the limited Legends one was a super rare. Uh, oh, and was then it? I think there were, yeah, and then there were three rares paid out. Ooh, that's cheeky. Um, so the problem was is that there were like 1300 lineups and 20 prizes and so i was talking to sean about this because uh, we were like surely they need to expand the rewards for legends like yeah you can, like enough. using legends to win legends seems like not enough but after seeing it i actually think that the expansion of rewards is just going to be more legends rewards like they're going to have more legends to come out but Regardless of that, um, the the legends utility is funny. Like prices crashed right after the turn, right after the competition, because no, everyone's like, "Oh, I don't need it anymore." Yeah, I played my thing. I lost to every lineup that played, you know, Mbappe and Courtois, and like they're just not. I don't know. They need to. I think they need to change that competition if they want other lots of people to play it. But anyway, going to the chat here, um, people were talking about timing the market. One was talking about. Buying, who is this? Is this uh, Skate Perez? Yeah. Buying mediocre players in top five leagues that are on the final year of their contract, hoping Ooh. they go to a weaker league and they play. Oh, tasty. I, yeah, I, I classify that more, uh, more in the speculation category than it is like the timing the market. Um, and I think those things are very different. And that one is, seems significantly riskier um yeah but the transfer thing is like real literally the next um next comment is from uh belisarius so i have three examples where timing was everything the winter transfer window when uh duje coletta car was rumored to go to west ham bought him for 380 euros and 25 24 hours later sold him for 600. nice so the transfer window is super weird on so rare like I, 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 I snapped all the Celtic cards on transfer rumours and uh, I managed to do a wee flip on Alex Tellez when he went from Porto to, I seen Fabrizio Romano tweet it, I went on the market, bought one rapid for, like I can't remember, say it was half an ether, mm-hmm. and then like f- four days later sold it for 1.5, I was like, oh, jackpot, he's going to go to Man United to be crap, because he was a killer at Porto, I don't know if you've ever looked at Alex Tellez, but see on Porto, like he was like elite, the better than Trent fullback. He was awesome, know. yeah. <laughs> he was though he took oh, penalties too didn't he yeah he was on everything yeah he did everything um the transfers are fun what, what's yeah, funny about Coletta Carr is that I was going to buy him in January Ooh. because I was like oh let me build up this Marseille stack back to Marseille 
But then when it was like he might leave, I was like, I don't want to buy him if he leaves because then I don't get my stack. Mm-hmm. So I actually didn't buy him because of the transfer rumors as opposed to like going to buy him for the transfer rumors. Um, Bleedskrieg said he was one of the ones. He bought Johnny Russell at 0.19 in November and sold right. him with the intention of buying back, and he still hasn't. Like, great price too. But I yeah. sold my Johnny Russell for half a coin, and I will be buying him back. I, I'm, I, especially since the announcement happened. Like, I sold my Johnny Russell without the announcement, but see, since they announced the MLS, like every MLS card that I'm not emotionally attached to, I am selling and I'm buying ones with pictures. Like, I don't mind doing that. Because like all my cards, I've like, I sold Sean Johnson this year is going to come out in an NYC shirt with the little with the little star. They just one shit. It's going to be that's. A, I'd much rather have that than just his fucking head. You know, I I'm, I'm keeping my Zilla Ryan. I've kept my um, Morgan as well, and I've I've kept a few ones. That I'm like oh, they've won me lots of stuff, and the XP's high. But all the ones that can I give a toss about, then I'm just selling them. And then I'll like Johnny Russell. As soon as I seen that, it's like yes, I'm going to get a full Scotland team. Of like MLS cards, I'm going to go Danny Wilson, Gold, Russell, and Morgan. All the cool pictures. So I love I'm it. back. Hi, look well better, wouldn't it? I I will say that the. I think there are going to be a lot of people who want out of the big head cards to get into the regular MLS ones. Like I, I think a lot of people really think so. I think a lot of people who take MLS seriously will want the new ones. Sure. Um, so there could be like. Um, I was saying, I think to Andy this week that like the the price difference between the new Asia cards and the old season that lost the the five percent bonus is like pretty big, and because people like apparently really care about this XP difference, and not just like I think XP is very important, but like price wise, it just what people are paying for the XP I think is I not thinking. that they're paying too much for it, but I think we're going to see those massive gaps with MLS where somebody's like trying to sell a big head card and they're like, well, this is the market. And it's like, no, 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 that's the market for the cool cards. The big head cards <laughs> down here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, like, I think you're going to get good utility out of these big head cards because people aren't going to want them. Yeah. As soon as the new ones come, they're not going to want them. I think I agree, but I don't, I, I think I'm, ex- I, I, I say I completely agree. But what I'm also expecting is that not to really happen. I think that's what everyone should think. But I, apparently, I reckon a lot of people will not give a toss. And it's like, this is Miles Robinson, and he gets an average of 65, L15. He's the guy I want, and that's the kind of way most people do it. You know, most people. I think the only reason that people won't do it is because they can't sell their cards from as much as they can buy a new one for. Sure. Like, they're going to have to take a loss. Like, they would, like, if you have a Miles Robinson big head, and somebody was like, I'll give you a new one for the same price. You'd be like, yeah, let me do it. But yeah. because it's going to be like, no, no, no. The big head is 0.15, but the new ones are 0.18. And you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to spend that. And that's what will stop people. I hope um, that doesn't become the case. But yeah. Definitely I agree with you. If, if big head cards get cheap, just because they're big head cards, I might buy them too. Exactly. And then, you know, after that, that might happen. You time the market. People are stupid. Who cares about the picture? You know? Even better, now you can win the new cards. And then you can go win the new one. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have anything else on the timing of the market before we go into this um, 
I think gallery. they've run away in a lot of different directions. Well, this gallery review thing, um, the, the gallery review, excuse me, I think a big topic is going to be timing the market. And it's actually less about timing the market and more about opportunity cost. That's probably what we should have made the uh, topic because it's going to end up being that. But let me pull up our gallery today is Bartholomew. So thank you to Bartholomew for suggesting your gallery. For those listening and not watching the video, it's uh, valued currently at 7.44 ETH. And the gallery has 171 total cards, 141 limiteds, and 30 rares. Uh, I chatted very briefly with Bartholomew, who said that the plan is not to put any more investment in, and but the plan is to hopefully move on a little bit from limiteds into more uh, rares and potentially super rares. Like he does want to progress up. Um, but he did say that the new competitions, meaning underdog and the specialists, have actually made him hesitate on selling a lot of these limiteds. And I actually I think that's going to be something that a lot of people kind of confront themselves with. Let me make us a little smaller here so the screen's bigger. So um, the the gallery has some very good cards in it. The up the the better player cards are in limiteds, which is kind of the case with all of us. Um, but let me go actually to their. I, I like to look just at the lineups that they make. So the 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 lineups for limited, I think, are very strong. I don't think there's actually a reason to change that much. There's kind of a classic um, ETH grinding team for All Star Rare with with a rare goalie, um, and then Champion America. It's kind of, there's a right common goalie with, I don't think it's the most competitive lineup. I'll put it that way. Uh, But then some of the better America cards are in specialist rare this week, um, including um, the black favorite, Brian Legzano, um, (laughs) who I was told by Andy will score at least two goals this weekend. So uh, congratulations, Bartholomew, on that brace, obviously. (laughs) Couldn't captain uh, Lozano in here. And then um, I will also add that I I feel really bad because Bartholomew was one spot behind me in underdog limited this past midweek. Oh, cheeky. And he had a player to go. And I was like, he's going to pass me, obviously, because he has yeah. an entire player to play. And the guy ended up getting ruled out late. And so he didn't pass me. And I felt really bad about like, (laughs) I felt bad about the whole thing, actually. (laughs) I don't know what they won, what he won from it, but he ended up finishing 14th and I finished fifth to get the last star card. Quinny, what do you think the last star reward for the underdog league was this midweek? Oh, I've got no idea, but I'm going to say it's a Turkish goalkeeper. Oh, it's not. No. It was Danny Olmo. Oh, do you think Danny why, Olmo? Why are you saying star? that to me? Why are you saying that to me? Is there a reason, though? Just you know, he's one of your Leipzig guys. But yeah. do you think Danny Olmo is a tier zero card? No, he's firmly a tier one. I would say firmly a tier one. Um, I th- but you know, for an underdog league, is he a star? Is there maybe a slightly different parameter set upon that? 
I don't think there is. Oh, actually, so, I heard Mbappe was in it. Oh, I suppose Mbappe is only going to be a star. I suppose he's never going to be a tier one. Tier anything. one. Yeah. yeah, I'm just <laughs> complaining. I, I'm literally complaining about a reward. I'm, I've turned into one of these people that's complaining about rewards. But anyway, we're here for a gallery review. Um, you have also had a chance to review the gallery. What did you? What was your kind of thought on what you saw? My first thought, and I was waiting. I think we were waiting for some messages back as well. Um, in terms of just when um, we were setting up for this. The first thing I can, so with the remit of the, the goal in terms of the movement, the progression the gallery wants is more rares and super rares, potentially, okay. The the first thing that kind of strikes me with this gallery as soon as I opened it up is he's won two divisions. He's pagged 87 rewards. His limited Hulk has picked him up 18 rewards. You know, he genuinely does pull rewards in 20% of his lineups, you know, as well. So... The gallery already kind of works on at least the limited level when you look at all yep. the rewards he's captured. Um, so if it's I'm kind of if it's not broke, don't fix it. But without I, again, I don't think we've got clarity if the guy has a wallet that he's going to go into the market with or what his intentions are in that respect. But um, if you're so, <clears throat> when I looked through the first thing I kind of went and filtered through by is is forwards because um, forwards typically can be quite expensive. And you know, SO five wise, you know, a lot of them are interchangeable if they if they're starting players that score goals, you know, by and large. You know, Rui Diaz isn't too different to Chicharito, you know. Yeah. That makes sense, you know. Um I mean I went through his, I'm going through his forwards and now again, just to double check he hasn't bought anyone to make me a liar. But um <laughs> it has for his limited section anyway, no champion Euro forwards. He's got a lot of stuff in at Champion America. So when you think about the amount of lineups he'll be playing, right? So we've got specialist limited, which he's excited about. This gallery already can win divisions, you know, like this gallery already wins rewards. Yes. And that specialist league at getting to the top of it, you will bag rares. Like that's there now, you know. So I would want to keep this gallery like as strong as that. Cause I think organically it could definitely wash its own face in that respect. Like you could definitely mm -hmm. pull in some tier twos and some tier threes. Maybe you sell them into the market. Maybe a few of them are actually useful and they're you know, in, the, in an inappropriate tier or something, you can get fortunate. Some, or maybe you win the thing and you get, you know, a high tier, you know, that, that could be sure. great as well. Um, but when you look at Champion America, right, Hulk's his best player, right? He's won the most cards. We then also have a lovely, like, team of the year or whatever edition, Chicharito. So he's probably going to want to keep his hands on that. And then behind that, for his forwards, he also has Jesus Ferreira, Rui Diaz, Dario Benedetto, Federico Girotti, Kikanovic, Torres, Brian Trejo. Is the ones that I can see at a glance at play. Also, he's got like six or seven limited forwards here. I've not went through the entire gallery where I find Toothcomb to that same extent, right? But I suspect because how how successful the gallery's been, it, you know, there's obviously adequate depth at the regions that he's operating in. So it's a little bit of picking your winners now at this stage. And it's like, right, who am I hunkering down with in this division? Like, because if you're not going to, if you don't have a wallet to play with, you need to generate capital somehow. And there's only two ways of doing that. It's winning cards and selling them, which he's probably doing anyway, which is fine. Or is like assessing the gallery and what is non-essential or what is excessive, you know? Yep. So the reason I was going through the Champion America ones is, let's say best case scenario, he's planned for the summer. So he's got under 23s out of Americas in terms of a forward, Jesus Ferreira, right? If he's, yeah. Uh, he's got under 23s, global, America and specialist. That's four teams for limited that you would need a forward for. Maybe he plays two forwards and he needs five. Maybe he wants some cover. You get six. Okay, so there's at least one spare forward there if you're being like super conservative and giving yourself lots of depth options, lots of calendar cover. 
if you're not too bothered about, oh, I've actually got three of these guys in Mexico. I don't need three. I only need two. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in MLS. Does he need four in MLS? Maybe not, especially if he plays Hulk all the time anyway. Brazil's just started, you know. So rather than having seven apex strikers there, maybe we only need four or five. That frees up, let's say, put, let's make up a number. And then you kind of cascade that through to get some capital. And then from there, like, so anyway, sorry. So that was my first impressions when I looked at this, is it's a very successful gallery that I wouldn't want to abandon ship on. I'd want all the stuff that works now at this limited level, like the Hulk is a, probably built around Miniero and some stuff like that, you know, is keep that going. Because the Specialist League, if you can win divisions at Limited, the best team goes into Specialist now, you yeah. know. You just go and try and get those rares. If you've got a team that will, and you've got the experience, you know what it takes to win, you know who's a good captain choice, you know what kind of scores required, you've got the XP built up because you've been competing for so long and winning stuff. Um, so yeah, that was my initial thought. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I had very similar thoughts. Like I think what jumped out at me was there's almost too much depth. And if, if you're trying to progress and in, in the most basic terms, progressing requires ETH, like you, it's very difficult to progress otherwise. And so there are like a number of players in this gallery who are like good players or they're ones that obviously are uh, more valuable now than when he bought them. I would just get rid of all of those. Like I, the, the benefit or not the benefit, but one big advantage with playing limiteds is that the market is extremely liquid and there's not going to be a play a, a time where you're like, oh man, I need to buy like one player to fill this lineup or whatever it is. And there's none on the market. Like it just yeah. doesn't happen in limited. And it Agreed. tends not to happen in rare, but we do see it more often. And the higher you go, the much more difficult it is to just lay like, oh, I need this player. Let me go buy him. And you know, you go to for a super rare and they're just none. Yep. With limiteds, there's so many of them that you may be paying more when you need it than it than it than what you paid for it previously or what you what the value what the price is now but if you can raise eth and make yourself more competitive now then it's okay to pay a little more later because you've already benefited from from those price rises because it's your the players that you you were already playing and so like there are obviously some younger players here and who don't really play that much and maybe, you know, prospects for the future. Shout out to uh, Black here with the Freddy card. Uh, Fred, Black's a big Freddy guy. I uh, wanted um, super or something, didn't you? Yeah. But there's, there comes a point where speculating on guys getting better in the future isn't worth it because it, it'll take too long. And it's hurting you now because if you're like, I don't have any ETH, well, maybe you you just need to sell some of these guys that you're waiting for. You know, people hate selling you 23s because they're like, oh man, if this guy blows up and <laughs> becomes the next big thing. And it's like, realistically, you're waiting like years for that to happen. Yep. We don't or know what's players, happening for sure. on so rare in two to three years. And if you can use that ETH, again, basically what we were talking about, the opportunity cost of holding on to these guys for years when you could just sell them. And, and even with the limited cards, it's not like you have to, um, you don't have to make a ton 
on each one. But as long as you're making something and you're generating something, now you're going to have a little, uh, you know, an ETH balance where even if it's not enough to get a rare card of a player you want, maybe you can trade one of your other rares that you're trying to upgrade with some of your ETH and people are willing to take that. And I think, I think a lot of people underestimate the whole like card plus ETH for a card trade that they're just like, oh, I don't have enough cards because they see like everybody posts that they need 120% of, of value to do a trade and you don't always have the ETH, but like sometimes people will take, you know, 110% or whatever, if you have some ETH as part of the deal. Yep. And when you have like, you can't play 141 limited cards. No. Like if you entered everything and you had double of every lineup, you can't do it. Like as long as there's no limited pro and I know people love to like think that this is coming, we have no idea if it's coming and you could just be sitting on these cards for something that doesn't come for another two years. And I think that's kind of like, there's, there are plenty of opportunities in this gallery to raise ETH and it just takes selling some of the ones that like, if you're not using it and it's not like a top, top prospect, I think you can just sell it and move on. And there, in this gallery, there's just a lot of opportunity to sell cards that aren't being used. And I think it's just something that a lot of people overlook of, oh, I think this guy's going to be worth twice in a year. And it's like, well, what can you do with the ETH that you can get now? And if it can benefit you now, just do it now. One in the hands worth, one in the hand over two in the bush right. kind of situation for sure. Because, um, and again, like, <clears throat> When I looked at the rares, like I actually like, you know, some of the, you know, there's, outside of Reynoso, there's not really much going on with the rares he's got. There's a lot of middlemen, you know, so like that's the absolute opposite to his limited contingent. He's got yeah. big, there's big hitters, recognized, you know, leaderboard leaders kind of guys. Um, you know, Kamar Lawrence, you know, some of these are, you know, they're, uh, guys. they're okay. Yeah, uh -huh, they, they work, you know, when they're playing Lozano, he'd probably get that in an injury discount, I suppose. And, <laughs> you know, Reynoso. Might have been going to jail or whatever a while ago, I think. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's a nice little base there. So that if he's wanting to move into an estimate, actually, that you know, the reason I'm kind of setting this up that the rares are kind of sufficient, they're okay. Is the next move, when, whatever you do with these limiteds, you get a wallet balance together. There needs to be a really concrete list of targets of yes. who, who actually improves this because outside the, you know, again, um, goalkeepers that are playing the now as well, it's always handy, but um. If you just get some e phrase and it's like, okay, well, who fits, you know? <laughs> then, mm -hmm. you know, you end up spending your money and then you get some people in and it's like, okay, well, they all fit, they all go. And it's like, okay, I've still not won anything. Um, and then it's like, oh, probably actually rather than buying those three guys, if I just bought that one guy and then, oh, if I didn't buy this, I bought a super instead or whatever. And then by that time, I say you're too far down the road to turn back without it costing you, you know, again. So be a very firm list on top of this it's like and again like is there any is there anyone who just doesn't make the cut in this rare team because he's only running like two teams and now moving up to this level you know let's say he moves in and gets a couple of supers is the end goal to play three divisions you know america all-star and then a pro one pro yep. two pro, you know yep. so I'd, I'd probably assume you know i mean yeah so accessing rares for a specialist as well as a wee bit of wallet stuff to get them running. And then once you've got a team in rare that can pick up a couple of cards a month for a couple of cards every, you know, two months or whatever, you know, depending on fixtures and the way things, you know, stars align for you and whatever, then uh, that's going to be the best way to get that side of the gallery running. Yeah. I think these new competitions have made people much more hesitant to sell cards that 
like the yep. non-elite cards because they're like, oh, I could use them in specialist or underdog. Um, I say that as somebody who bought a full underdog lineup two game weeks ago, like last weekend. Nice. I bought, I basically bought a full lineup for this weekend. And my best finish was this midweek on all cards that I had already owned. Um, I will say that the, the midweek was a 50 and below L15 instead of a 40, which changes everything pretty much. But, but I think people are looking at their gallery and like, oh, this guy qualifies. And it's like a player who qualifies for underdog or special or, you know, the, the sub 40 for specialist. Yep. Just because they qualify doesn't mean they're good. And so <laughs> I think, I think we, a, a lot of people just get too caught up in like, if I do this, then, then I can enter. And it's like entering, it should like, the goal shouldn't be creating something to enter. It should be creating something to win. And so just because you have cards and I'm going to stick at least to the underdog and specialist, cause those are like the theoretically the cheaper ones, but like, People are playing specialist with with Messi and Neymar and Mbappe. Like the one player over sixty is elite, and the the two player or yeah the two players who are over forty are elite players. And so like that's kind of why I've I've actually focused more on underdog than I have on specialist. Like I think there's more edge in underdog if you're like willing to do the work, sure. because ultimately and it was just like the legends like the best of the best cards are the ones that are going to win. And so yeah. if you have cards that just like allow you to get in, but you can sell them to help you actually make something better, then I think that's just a more valuable path. And so like looking at this gallery, like the midfielders are good. Like yeah. Nacho Fernandez, when he plays is good. Zaraco's a good uh, U23 option, but he can play regularly. Reynoso, Lozano. He has two rare goalies at start. Um, even though I have Tyler Miller and so it pains me to see Dane St. Clair as a starter, but like, usually that's such a hindrance of people like I can't play cause I don't have a goalie, like two rare goalies starters is good. You know, it's a good start and the midfielders are fine. So like, you know, if you can have a consistent, uh, group here, then you know, of, of defenders. And then you mentioned the forwards forwards row, you know, those are the tough positions, but like there, there's definitely room that. And I think there's enough limited depth in the gallery that if if it's just trimmed down and some of these rares are trimmed, like you can actually um, you can improve on these players, and you know the, the better these improve, the more rewards you get. For sure, if um, super rares is something he's looking at as well, I think it's probably quite a good time to buy some of them, depending on what profile you're looking at and what opportunities you can come across, because um, they are you know a, a bit suppressed now. Overall, good ones are always expensive, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> Never get much of a discount on the good ones. But um, yeah. ones that you can maybe have. And again, because of the, the guys, especially this this gallery, it's very deep in America. There's a strong aging contingent. So, you know, there will there will probably be a couple of players in there that this guy's familiar with. And again, I was saying to you as well, um, a sort of stacking I've been doing. I won't say the thing in case you want to use that for a title. Support, but like... Um, I've been getting I've been getting guys on the same kind of scarcity, and I'll, I'll whenever whenever I've done that, whether it be getting a rare to a super or a rare and go down and getting unlimited as well because I like them, it all almost always works out because I know exactly who I'm getting. You know the guys like familiar to me, etc. So if there's any little niches here in terms of edges of information that a gallery like this has brought the owner of it, 
then I would be definitely recommending that in terms of who he looks to recruit for rares and or supers on top of mm-hmm. his limiteds. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, if you like to, if you like a player enough to buy their card, you should like it in any scarcity, pretty probably. Yeah, at least rare to limited. Because what I did at first with limited is that, like, especially the ones I spent like what I consider like no, like rare money on, was ones that I just I, I was like super rares I'd love to have that I've not got the money for, and then I just went round and <laughs> got those guys unlimited because it's like yeah. I don't like them. I want to support them when games are on. I want to be on Twitter going, "Oh yeah, he scored and." Da, 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 but it's, uh, it's a wee bit harder when you've not got a card. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. If you like the guy enough, it really shouldn't matter what the color of the card is. If they work in your strategy as well, you're not buying like an Asian forward off season and your whole gallery is European. That's a bit redundant, but. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else on this one? Uh, go hard on specialist basically it's open twice a week now it feels as well I just checked the midweek before we came on i think it's i think it's here forever yeah so specialist it's a weekly for the limiteds you know every week every game week so what's the success he's had the limited i'd say go hard on that and see how it fares you yeah i would just say don't don't over overbuild your depth for these new for the specialist and underdog because it's i just don't think it's worth holding those cards i think it's worth holding the eth that the cards are worth and then being able to target specific players for these competitions if you need some sort of fill-in. But um, we're just seeing players who are very, very good and specialist. And so uh, trying to just hold on to random guys who happen to be like a L15 of 42 and then they, be, you know, and maybe they'll go down to 30, 40 and 39 that you can play them. I just don't think it's, um, I don't think it's good enough. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I think that's all we got today. Uh, we've gone a little long. That was my fault because we... Can I do a wee plug before we go? Yeah, of course. I just started a new podcast with Tony Watt and Plastician. It's available on all podcast places. It's called End Product. So we're global. I had to put so rare in the name so you can find it. But <laughs> End Product Podcast, it's out now on all the podcast places. Go and check it out, please. Love you all. So rare needs more podcasts. It definitely does. <laughs> I, um, I still my my Spotify is still looking for the next episode of the Procast, so uh, thankfully there'll be a new yeah. one. Yeah, well, yeah, I love that. <laughs> it was great fun, but uh, there's a new a new birth. All right, that that sounds awesome. So everyone, definitely go uh, subscribe to that wherever uh, you get your podcasts. Uh, also, stay on YouTube after this video. After you've liked this video, and go over and subscribe to Quinny's. Although I'm sure hey. most people here are already subscribed there, but uh, go do that because um, the content that Quinny puts out, I say this to people all the time. I don't say it to Quinny directly, but I think Quinny uh, is the most informative, uh, so rare source that we have on YouTube. And so every time you go there, you learn something, you get better. Um, Disregard the Marseille stuff. Can I say something? Yeah, because... That's uh, oh, this is where this has all started. <laughs> <laughs> so, see now, how many of those Marseille cards do you still have? I have two of them. I only bought two. You only bought. I still two. have them. Perry Lopez. And I bought uh, Luan Perez. Yeah. And Luan Perez, fantastic. So now you've had because this is what we said at the time. You've had like four months of utility out of them. You know, you got them what looked like at a great time at an okay price, and see now you're ready for next year. 
you're ready for next year, Laird. You'll look and you'll be like, I'm so glad I've got that Marseille defensive stack now. Bibacar Kamara's left. Luan Perez is even more important. Saliba's left. He's even you, more important. You don't want to see season, the price I'm graph. ready to go. <laughs> no, you don't want to see my price graph on those guys. Um, <laughs> um, I will at least tease that I have something else Marseille related next week that uh, I'll say that. Um, so yes, thank you everybody for joining us in the chat. If you guys wouldn't uh, mind liking this video, uh, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. Um, this show happens every week, obviously. Everybody in chat knows that. Um, so we're at a strategy show on Fridays. So we're Andrews usually Tuesdays. Um, but next week is going to be a little different. Um, next week will be different. It's possible there's nothing, but it'll be different next week. So, um, but subscribe to the channel so you get all of the uh, notifications when we do have shows. Quinny, thank you very, very much for uh, filling in this week. And we'll uh, certainly chat again soon. Take care.